Last we left off. While en route to the icy port of Darkvale, our heroes found their flatboat scuttled, caught within a river troll's clutches intent on devouring them. A battle ensued and you found its ferocious appetite driven by a regenerative bite, one that you didn't want to be on the end of more than once. You managed to avoid a watery grave or becoming a ghastly meal with the help of Kalzura's blade and draconic fire. In the wake of the battle, you comforted Ursa, whose dark passenger rose up and overwhelmed her in the fray. You freed your ship and with little to no damage and investigated the lair of the beast. Within you found signs of former meals, some coin, and a particularly grisly display of a troll's savagery. As day turned to night, the river widened once more, leaving peatlands behind, and you found yourself sailing alongside snow-dusted tundra. Through morning fog, your boat pushes through the thin freezing sheets of ice towards the end of the hollow river. And you awoke rested, rejuvenated, and leveled up as the looming shapes of Darkvale Harbor appear on the horizon. By mid-morning, you find yourself docking on your choice of north or south of this small riverside town. The roaring sound of a cascading waterfall fills the air alongside cool mist and light snow. Mingling with the snowflakes are flakes of ash that dust the docks and stain everything gray, turning the water foamy at the, uh, along the banks. As you approach, you take in this upper section of Dark Vale. It is simple in construction. A pair of wooden taverns whose chimneys billow with smoke, a handful of mid-sized warehouses along a couple of cottage houses as well, places for fishing gear and travel supplies. A covered bridge spans the river over top of the waterfall, connecting the north and south banks, and along the, uh, the long length of boardwalk on either shoreline uh, that extends the full breadth of this small community. Your boat is moored and the day is yours. What do you want to do? It's always where there's the long pause as we figure out what the fuck we should do. Uh, what is Cal's vibe like? Does he seem like this was as far as his plan has? Uh, could I, maybe I could saunter up to him. Before or as you saunter up, I should say, throw me an insight check. You got it. Come on, little dice. Uh, seven on the dice plus six, 13. Um, Cal is exhausted, uh, physically, mentally, he's worn down, he's worn out. Um, you're not sure exactly how much of a toll this trip has taken on him, but he's relatively older. It's hard to gauge exactly how old, but he's made no, uh, show of hiding uh, how old he is. It's very obvious about it. Um, but Dragonborn can be difficult to kind of age. Um, but with a 13, you gather like conditionally, he has a couple levels of exhaustion. Um, like he is physically like Cal. he's pushed himself to the limits. He's taken more shifts on, you know, not patrol, but on watch and on uh, steering the boat than any of you. Um, and uh, <laughs> your your question of like what's his plan from here he's also not been too like uh, uh, he's not hiding too much about the fact that like yeah this is about where the plan stops uh, <laughs> he, he does want to he, he's highlighted this just as a reminder to all of you um, that he knows a ship's captain by the name of uh, Captain Daedric Verglass um, and a ship called the Rhyme Thrasher um, an old friend of his that he uh, is tr he believes trustworthy um, and that he uh, hopes to either employ or 
convince to allow him and Ursa to take passage on his ship um, out into the ice fields of this North uh, North Sea. Hey, uh, Cal. Yeah. Per perhaps after being on the water for so long, uh, what if we got some board at one of those taverns? Maybe just took a load off. Um, sorry, you mean all of us or just the your group? Because I, I kind of intend to get Ursa out of, out of Dodge, so to speak. I, I was just thinking, uh, perhaps you and Ursa, you know, you just watch Ursa, because I know you're a strapping lad, but maybe you two could rest up a bit, and me and the rest of these ragtag group could uh, try and do that, for, you know, footwork for you. I'll hop from bunny foot to bunny foot. He kind of smirks. Make a persuasion check. Oh, good. 15 plus 1 is 16. That was so <clears throat> shocking to see my ability score so low on persuasion. Uh, he, like, kind of, he, you immediately feel his, like, um, his body language sort of pull away. Like, he doesn't rest. You know, this is a, this is a soldier's attitude of get the job done. There's no time to, to fuck about here. Look, let's just go. But he looks over at Ursa as, like, everyone's kind of disembarking. And Ursa's, you know, uh, just kind of bounding behind uh, and, and likely kind of toying with Enid a little bit as the two of you are just kind of like bouncing off the ship. Um, and she's been very excitedly kind of like, you know, talking the ear off of Andy about, you know, she starts to, to stop as you've come into here about talking about magic, but all the way here, she's been wanting to talk about magic. Um, and uh, Decrane, you've certainly noticed her eyeing your pistol as well. Not in a, like, uh, in a frightened way, in an excitable, uh, in an excitable, that's a, that's a fun toy kind of way. Um, she is, uh, from the early stages of this kind of, like, frightened girl kind of sedated is how you met her unfortunately she's now you know a 14 year old girl excited on an adventure even though in the middle of this fucking frozen tundra it's better than what she had not six seven days ago um with cal looking over at her and seeing her excited seeing you guys and sees the uh truth to what you say kind of all the weight just kind of drops and he just kind of sinks for a second. Like, you know what? Might not be a bad idea. I got a little bit of corn. If uh, we want to find a room at one of these places, I can certainly cover our costs. Well, that's music to my ears. A night, I think. Not more, but I want to. Oh. I, I do want to get us out of. I want to get Ursa out. But. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's better if we lay low. And if you're willing to go and find Rhyme Thrasher for us and make those introductions, um, might save us a little bit of exposure and get some rest. Sounds great to me. I appreciate it. Thank you for your insights. No problem. And uh, thank you for, well, I'll say a greater thanks to all of you, but I really do appreciate you're coming along and doing this and with such such a cheery attitude what's not to be cheery about sun's up 
Actually, it's pretty ashy and gross here, but... <laughs> yeah, you say that and look around, and it is not <laughs> cheery at all here. <laughs> also, you're fucking freezing. Yeah, I am freezing. I have no <laughs> shirt on underneath my little, like, vest thing, but I am an optimist and trying my hardest. Like, <laughs> through teeth chattering. <clears throat> Nothing to be worried about. Uh, to that point, actually, as we kind of get talking about it, while it is not, um, you know, Arctic frigid, it is fucking cold. Um, and to those of you who don't have kind of heavier gear um, or jackets, um, the Herringons, at least you guys have a little bit of fur, that helps. But uh, Enid and uh, uh, August, both of you specifically don't wear a lot of clothes. Uh, <laughs> and... Oh, no. <laughs> clothes are for wussies. <laughs> Decrane is currently the only one with like a proper like attire, like he's got a jacket and like a yeah. long jacket. Traveling shit. I'm used to being all over the place. My shit. Not like in the reason? cold. The crane is wearing super have light armor, layers. So that's not that's fair. Andy has light layers. There are many of them and able to shield you from the worst of it. But even in your layers, it's a it's a touch chilly. I'm dressed for a Coachella, some <laughs> kind of vibe. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not to the point of like you know frigid exhaustion rolls, but just something that you're all noting. Like, yeah, it's it's fucking cold here. Like, it'd be nice to get by a fire uh, or or consider uh, a coat. Or if we're gonna be traveling, not in a boat, probably yeah. something. Yeah, okay, something warm, little tavern. I will walk up to the the rest of the gang to try and to relay this news. When they're having that little chat, Kyle. Could I, um, when there's less people around, pull Decreen aside quickly and just uh, kind of bear, as quietly as I can, because I really don't want anyone here to say, to hear. Um, hey, do you know if uh, any of your, your old friends, is there an outpost here? Do we have things to be worried about? I knew a few people here, but they seem to have long gone. Maybe that means there's a threat. I don't know, but we should be on alert. Okay, but is no formal station? Do we if, know? If we were, uh, Kev, you can throw me a um, a history check for me. Sure. See what what is know. this cat up to? What has he done? Okay, I rolled a 17. Nice. And history is zero. 17 it is. Um, so as uh, Andy's kind of posing the question, it's something that you would have tried to uh, learn as quickly as you could as well, um, especially before leaving, is um, getting a look back in your in your training um, in, in, um, in the days that you were training, in the, in the weeks leading of, of training. You would have been shown a, a map of of Kandorn, um, as well as a little bit of Baron, not a full scale map, but Kandorn for sure. It's certainly the northern section of Kandorn in which you were in training. Um, the uh, the forts and posts within which the Arcana class have their positioning. Um, you were stationed kind of on what is the north uh, east of Kandorn, kind of the furthest northeast point that the arcana class has uh, has a base um and notably there are uh, shockingly few to the west and and the northwest as well so as you guys are now kind of on the northwestern corner of of kandorn there's 
not actually a lot of arcana class position up this way. Um, however, with a 17, um, there is a keep called the Gray Keep, um, not quite in the northwest, but on the west um, border of Candorn to the Ashen Wastes. That is a Candorian company, which is the Candorian military um, uh, stationed position um, that is held there along the border. It was noted um, in your training, but noted in like a dismissive way. The Arcanic class and the Candorian company don't always uh, see eye to eye and they do kind of butt heads in, in a kind of a competitive militarization um, faction. So this is the border with Cantor and the Arcana. This is, so the Ashen Waste to the west, um, and then where it bleeds into Candorn, um, there is along that kind of borderline in this kind of um, no oh, man's okay. land, there's a place called the Great Keep. That would be, uh, throw, me a, throw me just a straight D20. Mm-hmm. You don't have navigation proficiencies, unless you do, let me know. Um, okay, seven. And then add your wisdom modifier. And my wisdom modifier is three. So, okay, with a 10, I wouldn't give you direct, like, how how far you think you are from this keep um, compared to where, how northwest you are along the, the borders. Um, but you are, you're far closer to it. Like, you think it would be within a couple of days, possibly, of where you are positioned now. Like, it's that far northwest. It's not. It's not particularly far, um, but that would be the closest point of militarization. But no, none to your recollection in terms of our camp class. Okay. So yeah, I would. I guess I would say to our northwest, there is a keep on the borderlands. I don't know if the Arcana class are there, but I do know a man named Carl who used to frequent there. <laughs> Okay. Big swing. Oh, I thought that was going a different direction. Um, okay. Well, I mean, we'll remain careful anyway. Do, do you guys Sorry, hear my real life cat is making so much noise. <laughs> I will saunter up at this point, try and wave everyone over. Oi. So, uh, Calgreed. By the way, he looks like absolute trash. I don't know if you guys have been noticing, but he seems like he can barely stand. He said he would give us uh, one night, one of those shoddy little tavern things. And all we have to do is a little bit of footwork. Try and find uh, the Rhyme Buster, the Rhyme Crusher, and Captain uh, Daedric Verglas, or something, something like that. Uh, and then that guy will be the ticket to get Ursa to safety. And then... That's a job well done for this four. Well, that'd be easy to do. Are there any patrons inside of this place? That's what I was thinking. We could do, you know, a little like uh, uh, the old one, too. Like chat, chat them up. Say, hey, how you doing? We got this. Are you guys good in so- social situations? I haven't really seen you, seen you much just on the boat. Um, depends on the day. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just talking to people is, is not necessarily in cities. Towns are less scary. I don't dance around people i come to them face to face and say what i need to say you don't dance. that's great that's what we need 
Nettie and I love to dance. Sometimes like when the full moon hits, we'll just dance the whole night away. Just dance through the woods. So if you, we could teach you how to dance, if that's something you're interested in. It's okay. As long as we get to the point, that's all that matters. Oh, all right, well. Why don't we check out one of these taverns? Um, let's go slow for Cal so he doesn't literally die as we move. And um, let's make sure no one's paying too much attention to Ursa. You never know. We should watch out for that. Yeah. I mean, if this is a port town, then there's got to be at least some travelers coming through here. By the, by the way, uh, before we get going, did I tell you guys about the spooky moth incident uh, from the boat on the first night? No, the spooky what? Spooky moth incident? I didn't, I didn't mention this. There was so much going on. No, Chase. no, you, no you definitely didn't. Ah, uh, Do you know, is moth something that your, your god knows about? Is that like a great sign from your god? Uh, I mean, if you could have gone one earlier, maybe I could have done something about it. But right now, uh, if there's no actual moths in front of me, there's not much I can do. That sounds moths. Um, it honestly wasn't so bad. Basically what happened is we got on the boat, and as you guys were all scampering about, uh, Ursa and I were just staring at these moths. And when Nettie and I were on her roof, there was a bunch of moths, but I didn't think anything of it then. Anyways, we're on the boat, the moths appear, and they all start to form into this big, kind of like, uh, flapping mothular face. And then it says something like, you'll never escape my darkness, uh, the eclipse is coming, and then poof, they scattered away. And I didn't think much of it, aside from I looked at Ursa and I said, did you know what that was about? And she said, nah, not really. So, this is the first time I've thought of it since. Yeah, I feel like maybe you should have passed that along a little earlier. Um, I don't know what that means. It just doesn't sound great. Uh, moths making a face is kind of terrifying. Are you telling me you're afraid of a moth? Honestly? Uh, yeah. <laughs> moths, they There's a lot of things to be scared of. Oh, and then when they die, their carcass dries up and leaves like this little powder everywhere and it gets sticky everywhere. It's, just, it's disgusting. That's it's... ideal. Less waste. <laughs> Less Is waste. it though? Yeah. I'm all about like nature and compost. There's enough trash in this world. We don't need more littering the way. Like, what is their purpose? Let's get back on track. Let's get Cal and Ursa to the tavern. And on the way, we can discuss what's the purpose of a moth. Right. Uh, uh, I have a question if, if before you. At night, we can check it out when they're asleep, but nothing's happened the last few nights. You've not seen any moths since that day. Or that night. But yeah, there's been no moths since um, as you've uh, as you've continued sailing. Uh, and you are free to discuss the purpose of moths in the world. But uh, question for you as you begin to uh, make your move. Did you land north or south shore? Did we land north or south shore? It's a choice. Either one. Is it? Is there like more buildings on one side or more downtowny kind of stuff on one side? Um, not at Greater Glenville. Slightly more would skew south. Like this seems like there's um larger a larger collection of like homes on the south side than north. But that would be. I'd imagine we just go wherever is closest. <laughs> like as soon as we're wherever where we were. You're coming down a river, and you can Allie, choose which bank you want to go to. Allie, do you have your dice in front of you? I do, yes. <laughs> Roll one of your dice. Ooh. Odds will be north, south will be east. Okay. Odds north, south. Uh, that is a three. Odds, Odds north. south. Shit, wait, south, north. <laughs> Odds north. <laughs> north it is. Uh, no problem. 
as you guys begin to make your way forward, Cal um, does have like a, a cloak as part of like what he's been wearing this whole time. Took it off in some of the uh, travel, but he does throw it back on. And he it's a it's a relatively large cloak, and he kind of um, curls Ursa in under his cloak with him, not to fully like hide her, but just to one keep her close, two hide her a little bit, and three keep her warm. Uh, as the uh, six of you, <coughs> pardon me, begin making your way along the north um, docks here, you very quickly come to, it's not a particularly large dock where you ha have uh, positioned yourselves. Um, you notice a couple of things. Um, up on this upper level, there's not a whole lot going on beyond the couple of taverns and a couple of other like buildings. It's mid-morning. Um, you've seen a handful of people walking. There's someone walking across the um, the kind of covered bridge right now, but they don't seem to pay you any mind. Um, and you've seen a couple of people coming from a door from one of the taverns and head towards something uh, kind of off to the north side uh, or the west side, sorry. Um, but it's relatively quiet with the exception of this kind of roaring sound of the waterfall that is flowing. Um, as you do come towards this nearest tavern, um, you go to turn in, uh, open the door. There's no sign, uh, but it's it's very obviously uh, a tavern given its like construction um, and the windows you can see within. Uh, there are windows here where many of the other buildings here don't have windows. It seems like there are just straight warehouse buildings or cottages that don't have windows um and you can look in and see what looks like a relatively warm tavern interior <clears throat> it is uh one floor ranch style but relatively sprawling um you do make it inside but just as you go inside um the two heron gun you guys do hear the sound of um some uh like loud voices towards the covered bridge and what sounds like um the, I don't want to say, like the churning of cable, like a, at a consistent rate, like a, like this, like kind of clinking of metal sound, just something that you pick up as you just about to go inside here. Uh, the interior of this tavern, again, no name, is relatively empty, um, though warm, which is the key. Um, inside, there are a smattering of maybe seven tables that are round in the middle, uh, a couple of sections along the sides where there are not even booths, but just like a bench and a long table set along the uh, exterior walls. Um, windows only on this side, the rest are, it's all closed off. There is a, um, a, a like a stage that is up on a second floor, like a balcony size type stage that seems like it has not had any use at any time recently. There is a, a bar immediately to the left that is long and uh, kind of wraps around into um, some closed doors at the far left side on your entry. Um, as you come in, the cold wind sweeps in and some of the snow and ash blows in and you hear one patron in the back just kind of <laughs> presumably to say, close the door. Um, there are three people inside and one of them is the barkeep behind the bar this kind of older looking human woman kind of uh gray graying brown hair um she's certainly older wrinkled um wearing a, a, a 
pretty heavy like leather apron and a, a pretty thick kind of like coarse cotton blue cotton shirt um, uh, and just kind of standing behind the bar so you don't see much more than that um, but she is um, just like cleaning and tidying up the bars getting things ready for the day um, as she uh, sees you all enter kind of looks over and just kind of nods ahead Cal uh, just kind of tucks Ursa in and just says um here, and he hands a small um, leather pouch to you, um, Augustus. He says, that should be enough to get us some, a room or two or three if we need it. Well, certainly for a night. And then uh, if you want to get some food, uh, could certainly use it, but um, I, got, I got rations for me, but I'll see what they got, I guess. We'll go grab a spot in the corner. All right. He and Ursa begin to make their way over to the corner. What did you guys do? Let's make our way to the bar. Do yeah. I... Is, what's Nettie and I's head level at the bar? Is there you're, a stool we could climb up on? There are stools alongside the front of the bar. You're able to get up on top of them. Otherwise, only uh, like the top six, seven inches of your ears will be up on top. Other than that, I will lift up the, the purse and place it on the bar and then climb up on the stool and sit next to it and move the purse back over. As it takes you this second to kind of get situated, the um, elderly uh, barkeep woman does make her way over and just kind of watches you with like a cocked eyebrow and hmm. what can I get you? Nettie, Nettie, why don't you do the talking? You're so much better at this than I. What? No, I'm not. Uh, yes. Um, we will have your finest. What? I have carrot juice, but like spiked. I haven't had a carrot in. Well, when was the last time I had a carrot? It's been a long time. We don't have carrots. What would be your beverage of choice? We will have ales. Ale it is. Uh, and she makes it, just turns immediately over and starts like, oh, you're getting a keg and uh, just two. I'll turn to uh, Andy and DC and hold up a little paw. Can we have four, please? Four? Sure. So where are you from? You certainly don't look like you're dressed for here. No, no, no. Uh, we're, we're from a little, just a little bit south of here. So what, uh, what'd you make your way north for? To see the beautiful town. Right. I've heard wonderful things about this particular area. We, we also, um, we came with that man over there, and he said that he knows a ship captain named, uh... Daedric, he uh, from the Rhyme Crusher, and uh, we thought it'd be so fun to go on the Rhyme Crusher and take a little spin around the harbor. Do some crushing, do some thrashing, some rhyming. Yeah, some dancing, some jiming. Mm. Right. Well, I know Daedric. Oh. You do. You'll fit in. You'll fit in with his crew. They're weird too. Fantastic. We had cool, cool. Can um, I get you anything else? Could we have some rooms for the night? Do you, I, this place looks absolutely 
fucked up. You're planning to stay. I thought you said you were planning to get on a boat. Well, it's just, we're so tired because we just got we just we travel all the way here. You know, look at our legs. We're so tiny. We need our, our sleep. Little legs, little little legs. I do have rooms, of course. If uh, if you'd like to get a couple of rooms, I've only got the two, but you're welcome to both of them. Perfect. Um, what is? I'll be looking through the pouch. What is two rooms? How many of these? Um, she peers over and looks into the bag as well. Um, as you look inside, uh, there are, there's like 10 gold pieces and like probably another 22 silver pieces. So like it's a, it's a decent pouch. Like it's not hefty by any stretch. Um, but she kind of takes a, a keen eye over and looks inside and says, uh, you want two rooms for the night? couple of drinks food I got some food if you're looking for it yeah 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 that'd be uh how many are you there's a, two of you and I see you came with the six of you in two rooms yeah, yeah. that's interesting um that'd be uh four gold four gold great one two three four she takes it from you gingerly um, and kind of tosses it in her hand, stashes it in her in her leather apron. Well, here, she reaches over, grabs the keys, puts two iron keys in front of you. They're bitterly cold. Ah. Says, Rooms are down the hall there. You're welcome to have them the rest of the day and through the night. I'll get you some food over to your table in the next... Uh, on the next hour, anyways. Thank you so much. Thanks. I'm starved. You're truly the nicest person we've met on this whole trip. Well, that's very nice. What's your names, by the way? My name is Oak. Oak, sure. And. Willow. Oak and Willow. Pleasure to meet you. I'm Mallory. Mallory. Do your friends call you Mal? Beautiful name. I don't have many friends, but I have been called Mal. You have two now in Willow and Oak who would be delighted to call you Mal. Well, you're welcome to it, I suppose. I got some work to do. It was nice to meet you. Oh my God, so nice to meet you. Let me know if you want any more drinks before I bring around your food. Except if it's carrot juice. <laughs> right. <laughs> she walks off down to towards what you presume is the kitchen. I will um, just swivel on the stool and do a thumbs up back to the group. <laughs> guys, I'll just say uh, I'm fighting with my last character, guys. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you taste the the ale provided um i don't i don't know but it's up to you guys are the are the herringons big drinkers no not really <laughs> maybe you know on occasion i think we've had enough mead yeah. we've had some mead before enid is definitely more talk than 
Mm. I was going to say that Augustus just can barely hold his booze. <laughs> the like um, 40 pounds. Where you're from, actually, Maribel and Mead is like world renowned. Like it is it is some of the best, most sweetest uh, uh, mead that you can find, uh, certainly in Kandorn. Um, this is as far a cry from that as you can get, and it tastes more like uh, washing basin water oh. than anything else. <laughs> I don't like it's it. really cold as well. Oh, and she said this was the best thing they had on tap. I don't like it. I hate to taste what the worst thing they have is. Wouldn't want to give this to a worst enemy. Good gracious. There's a um, there's a man a couple stools down at the bar who has been kind of head down, like just like head on the on the uh, on the bar top with a, a mug in front of him. Um, and as you guys are kind of reacting to the taste, he kind of says, uh, if you're not going to have that, I'll take it off your hands for you, if you like. Okay, thank, that's very that's very generous of you. It made my tongue feel numb, so you could have West. He your grabs. funeral. <laughs> uh, much appreciated, thank you. He just pours it into his. I was walk, try and slide off my stool. And just puts his head back down in the bar. <clears throat> uh, you guys make your way back over to the table. So we got rooms. We got two rooms. Nettie and I had a bit of their finest drink, and it was terrible. But that nice man said he would take it from us, which is very kind. Well, charged him for it. Yeah, I just charged him a smile, and he, he gave it to me. He's probably gonna die soon. <laughs> Uh, Cal uh, kind of looks over at him, kind of gives a little nod. Yeah, maybe. Oh. Cal, that's one for you and, and perhaps Ursa, or if you want to divvy it up, um, however you'd like to do it. Oh, I appreciate it. Um, okay. I don't know if, if Augustus was talking with y'all yet, but um, I gave him a little bit of coin to take care of this, and, and he made a good, compelling argument that maybe it's best that we take a night of proper rest and uh, kind of recuperate a little before we make our way off into the ice fields. But if y'all wouldn't mind going to try and locate Verglass for us and the Rhyme Thrasher and just let them know what we're kind of thinking here. I'm happy to come down if uh, if he needs me. Uh, it'd be nice to see him, of course, but um, I really could. I could sleep this whole fucking day if I had it, so... I will, if, if y'all are willing to let me in. Ursa, please, if you'll, if you'll indulge me just for one more night of laying low. Let's just stay here for, I know it's early and I know you want to get out and see things, but let's just take the day just to, just dig in a little. So. Absolutely no trouble. Do you have any, uh, I signal, <laughs> I signal to Nettie that that was a lie <laughs> with our, <laughs> do you have any, um, any, any tips, any place to start trying to find your, your fella here? Is he, is he usually oh. here? Like, is this a normal place to talk or does he like? Yeah. 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 So, um, for glass and a couple other ships out here, um, they run ice for, 
well, the aristocrats down south of here. Um, it's a uh, it's a hot commodity. Well, not a hot commodity. You know what I mean. Um, yeah, but that's but, good. Yeah. Thanks. Um, it's um, it's a uh, it's a it's a it's a lucrative trade, um, and this is kind of the main port for it uh, to start heading south, at least towards uh, you know Carden. Uh, and down to Maribel without having to make a big old trek all the way around Mirnath. Um, though he does that too on occasion. So this is kind of the, the main port in in, uh, in town uh, in the north. So um, you should, honestly, um, on the other side of the falls, there's um, the harbor proper. Um, that's where he'll be if he's here. Uh, it's going to be easy to find him. His ship has a big ass uh, shark on the front of it. Um, skull, you know, it's pretty obvious. Um, he's a bit of a character too, so you probably fucking hear him before you see him. Um, just let him know, uh, Cal. Uh, uh, what do I even want to say? Let him know. Oh, fuck. Let him know the lone soldier's calling in his favor. Soldier calling in favor. He'll know. Social calls. Great. He'll probably have some questions. Feel free to answer them however you like. I'm not planning on lying to him. Who gave you that name? Was it you? Did you choose it? Or was it some random individual? Well, it was Verglass. He, that's what he called me when we had our last encounter. Um, I've had a bit of a, a bit of a past with the military. Um, and I, well, I was on a bit of a, not a mission. I was, well, I was banished from home where I was originally from. This is going back some many years. We don't need to get into it, but I was a bit of, um, I was a bit of a hothead when I was young and I had a chip on my shoulder and a lot of hatred. Um, and he helped me see not to lean into that. And I helped him out a little as well. Hence the favor owed. And, uh, well, he's a good, he's a good one. I trust him. That's all that really matters. Um, look, I'm beat. I am going to take a, take a rest if I have the chance to. So, um, feel free to wake me up if y'all need us, but, um, I'm going to, I'm going to go hit, hit, the, hit bed. Sounds great. Um, how I also say I'll be keeping an honor so a lot because I'm trying to just make sure that we see th- this entirely through. Um, so I'll just be... <laughs> I think I would have throughout the days if I've been anytime hanging out with her, absentmindedly embroidering random shit on like corners of her clothes, like whatever's near me, right? It's just a way I fiddle. Um, did she react to any of that information as if any of it was new to her? Um, make an insight check. Not good. <laughs> uh, I think it's a nine. No more than any of you did. Um, and no more than, uh, I don't think, you know, you were paying so close attention to have picked up anything of interest. Um, 
really the the more insightful um, information you get from her is like that she even though she has this kind of like excited energy to like be with you guys and to try and pick your brains on magic and to like see the next leg of the adventure for herself um she still is like dutifully following cal and when he says like lay low she's a little dejected but like she agrees she understands like she's pro- she's not gonna escape her it doesn't as best you can tell she doesn't seem like she plans to do anything other than listen to cal and lay low okay at least for now um so unless there's anything else cal kind of stands up and uh, kind of gets himself together gives a nod to ursa and she hops out and just before she runs, just kind of turns back and says, um, I'll be here if um, I'm not really as tired as Cal, but if if you guys find what you need and you come back, maybe we can do some of that um, training we we'd kind of discussed before, before I go off and before you go off. Um, we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Learn some tricks. Little wink, wink, wink. If it's, she kind of looks up at Cal and he's just like already like half asleep. Um, she kind of gives a little shoulder shrug. Maybe, maybe tonight. That sounds good. Okay. She hops off and follows Cal towards the back as uh, they make their way towards one of the rooms. Well, I'm certainly not tired. And. I have to do something to get that taste out of my mouth. So do, do you guys want to go see if we could check out the, the waterfall or something like that? Yeah, might as well. There's something else. Like, I mean, while we're in town, too, it doesn't hurt to, I don't know, say, do any more rations? Do we need any of that stuff? Usually, whenever you hit a town, you got to make sure that you stock it up and whatever you need. Don't have to do it first. Just keep an eye out for things on the way. Other people on the way. Yeah, just a, a bit of a checking in on rations and things. You guys have been traveling for a little less than a week. So in keeping with how many rations you have in your bags, in your equipment, um, you will be running low. I think I want to say you have 10 days. So you now have three days. Um, that will be an interesting element to like make sure that you have... Um, have that for wherever you want to go next. Ray can always get us food too. She's pretty resourceful. Did say how good are you guys at um, foraging and hunting? I know a wonderful guy that can get us some great nuts. It's Do too you? sweet. It's too sweet. Ah, uh, I, I got you. Yes, it's the squirrel. Um, he, has, he has a name. It's too sweet. Yeah, yeah, too sweet. That's great. Uh, as long as there's trees around, which there's not really here, but we can figure that out on the way. Um, excellent. I'm uh, not great at that stuff. Um, so as long as as long as someone's good at that, but I mean, grabbing a few extra rations probably isn't going to hurt. Uh, I have a feeling there's not going to be any. Nice I will actually. Here. I will add uh, a couple elements here in that you can consider out of character that are not necessarily in character or, or choices you can make. Um, uh, Kev, it's up to you how many rations you want to have consumed. You can um, let 
the group know, or you can keep that to yourself. Um, likewise, um, Augustus, I think you made a point of saying you cast Goodberry at least one day. So in, that's something you want to be keeping up on top of throughout the time. You could also have kept rations. That's something you can also contribute in the days of travel. That's what I meant by Ray getting food. This should just get us. What I think is her getting food is her conjuring good berries for us. There you go. So you do have. I still. Now I'm going to go on a little tangent. I think good berry is kind of a bullshit spell in terms it's of OP. how you it's, get. It's very well, it's not even OP. I just think it's boring. I think it's lazy as like a spell right and just be like, eh, fuck it. Yeah, you get just 10 pieces of food that feeds 10 people fully for a day. It's one berry. Get out of here. Oh, is it, it actually be, thing? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's called good berry. Oh. It should be per like meal or something like that. You know what I mean? Like instead of like for a full 24 hours, I'm not I'm not going to care so much about it. But but Wizards of the Coast, if you're watching this stream first off, thank yes. you so much for watching. Figure it out. This is <laughs> an Kyle DM rants that we yeah, slide our DM. We can fix it. Just give us some copy and we'll edit it. <laughs> um, I actually. Ursa left, right? She could have still, if you wanted to add something. I didn't want her here. I didn't want her here for this. Then she is gone. <laughs> I was actually wondering, guys. Um, um, what do we do after we drop us off at um, the shippy ship? What do you mean? Like, where do we go next? Are we supposed to report back? Right? That's, okay, the, that's the job. Well, that's, what I, that's what I was thinking, because the job was like, uh, the spookiest thing in the world might happen at this town and it, it, <laughs> catastrophic consequences if you don't go there and, and see what happens. So I just want to make sure we were on the same page. No one wanted to become like a pirate or something like that. I mean, look at for me, we, uh, <laughs> we did what we were set out to do and there's, there's plenty of mystery here still, but I don't think we have the resources, all the information to do anything else, I certainly don't. I mean, maybe whoever it is that sent us on this knows more than we do. The immortal man? Yeah, and whoever the fuck that is, yeah. We, we can, um, I mean, not only that, but um, don't forget there's a lot of, uh, look around, make sure there's no one around. There's some people who uh, were in that town with us who probably don't like us very much, and who knows if they know where we came next. So keeping on move isn't a bad idea. What do you guys think the immortal man looks like? I think... That... Yeah, you, you go. go. No, you go. No, you, you go. too. Okay. I think... Wait. Face made of bronze. Oh, that's better. I was going to say he's invisible. Because <sighs> he's immortal, right? But when they call him the invisible man... No, I'm pretty sure that's immortal. You think you okay, what do you guys think? Honestly, I kind of just imagined a, a really like rich guy, but this is way more interesting. Um I'm gonna go with uh really short. Really short. Yeah, wouldn't 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 think that he's he's smaller than you think. Yeah. That'd be so fun. Crane, what do you think? On my journeys, I've heard whispers of such a man. A man with no face. What? So as you would never see what he's thinking. He's got no face. Nevertheless, 
can't see what he's thinking. Nevertheless, it doesn't matter what he looks like. It's what he does. That's so profound. <laughs> the door swings open at this point and <gasps> a burst of cold that you've gotten so like comfortable with the heat of the fire interior um, that the the wind and the kind of ash sweeping in, it brings a smell with it as well. Like it's it's a different ash smell of smoke like into interior here you get the the consistent smell of pipe smoke as well as regular smoke from a fire um the exterior smell has an um uh, like an acidity to it like um like ozone burn like there's a there's an odd acrid addition um to like the acid rain kind of kind of yeah like it's got this kind of other element to it that just kind of stings, uh, as well as bites with the cold. Uh, you watch as a, um, a silver dragonborn with a heavy, uh, coat and like a heavy, um, like fur lined, uh, jacket that is done up with, uh, like buttons and, and belts and things, uh, makes his way in, dusts himself off, um, and, uh, kind of looks around, looks towards the, the man who's like, drunkenly now finished both of uh, Enid and Augustus's drink and kind of leaning on the, the bar uh, and he makes his way over to him and like give him a big heavy smack and just like wakes him up like aggressively and they begin to have a little bit of a conversation but not an aggressive one just like a heavy set men just like being men <laughs> <laughs> alright um yeah, I'm sure we, what time is it, sorry, Kyle? Remind me, is it morning still? Mid-morning. You guys have not been here very long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, let's start walking around, see what we can see. Um, okay. Kyle, do I know if there's any state or shepherd route that comes through here? Uh, throw me a survival with advantage. Let me start learning my skills by... By heart. <laughs> by heart, because... This in is fairness. really annoying. I can add in something just generically to uh, the description. 17. <clears throat> 17 is good. Um, so we've kind of touched on this a little bit um, in the couple of episodes, um, but uh, obviously Andy's going to know the most in this situation, but all of you would have heard the term the shepherds before meeting Andy. Um, and the shepherds are a, um, kind of a faction of guides and, um, travelers, like, a consistently traveling troops and groups, um, who lead people along set paths. They're often associated with the god Koros, um, this god of safe passage and travel. Um, My little trinkets. Andy's symbol uh, of this kind of like arched um, bridge with uh, some extra like uh, embossment to it um, is is an often evocative sign of uh, Koros' followers and of um, those who travel consistently will often keep symbols of, uh, of archways and bridges um, in kind of homage to to Koros. The shepherds are loosely organized um, and um, uh, can be not even employed, but you can go with a shepherd group. You can tag along with a shepherd troop and, and group um, uh, as they make their way, whatever path they're taking, <clears throat> and they will guide you to wherever you need to go. Not in, in trade of coin, but more in trade of stories and 
uh, as part of a purpose, this is their purpose, is to guide people. Uh, Andy has uh, long uh, associated with them. Um, 17, you don't know this area particularly well. Um, this is not something that, that your group would have traveled very often. Um, specifically because of its uh, proximity to the Ashen Wastes. Um, so you know that the uh, there are specific groups who make these, these treks, um, and you are just not directly familiar with them. Though, you know that they are in the area, um, you just don't, you don't know particularly um, where. Like I wouldn't know which, which heading. You wouldn't know any of the headings okay. off by hand beyond within the Ashen Waste, you've, you've heard the, the location Shade Star Bridge as a um, as a go-to heading in within the Ashen Waste, like within the boundary. Um, but that's like actually in the waste. That's not near here. I'll probably still try to, out of habit, keep an eye out to see if there's anything. Running into shepherds out in the wild is not abnormal. <laughs> I will tell you one thing about the shepherds that uh, maybe you hadn't considered or something we hadn't necessarily talked about in terms of the formation of the shepherds. Um, not a seafaring crew. No. No, they keep on land. So like a port is certainly like people would need to get to ports. So like it, it would be leading to a port. But yeah, there's not a whole lot of seafaring, sea travel for, uh, for the shepherds. So like it's not often that you'd see them on ships, certainly. So like... Mm -hmm. Not necessarily something where they would stay, though leading to port obviously is is a consistent destination. Cool. Okay, so unless there's anything else, you guys uh, gear up, finish your drinks, or leave them uh, mostly empty, mostly full, uh, on the tables, and make your way out into the bitter cold once more. Um, the north side of this uh, upper section of Darkvale Harbor, you follow the. Um, you follow the, the boardwalk uh, towards the covered bridge as it's really the only direction to go uh, other than going back to the boat. Um, there are a handful of, like I said, small kind of uh, cottages um, on the north side. Um, you do pass, <clears throat> pardon me, there is a, um, a general store. Um, it just says general store. There's nothing more to it. Um, that is right at the corner where you like kind of rise up and then go across the covered bridge. It's on the north corner here. Um, though you also note on the other side, so at the end of the boardwalk, it goes up the stairs and then you can go across this covered bridge. But there's stairs on the other side as well that le lead down to what you didn't see before, uh, a relatively large platform um, where you can see a series of um, uh, triangular metal constructions, uh, like heavy beam construction um, and an array of cable and uh, chain. Um, there are crates and boxes all built up around this section on the other side. Um, and as you kind of stand uh, to like kind of get up on top of the covered bridge before crossing, you can now kind of see down into the lower section of Lower uh, Darkvale Harbor uh, and see the, the harbor proper. There are uh, about seven or eight medium to large size ships. There's certainly not big frigates. They're not, um, you know, warships or anything like that. Um, though, 
even at a distance, you can see some of them are, are thick. They're hefty. They are built to um, either break through the ice or at least to forge through some heavier um, ice and seas. Um, and there, there's a half dozen or so. Um, and you can see it. You're, it's quite a ways down from upper veil to to lower. So um, you can see a handful of people moving about, but they're they're small in comparison here. Uh, as the waterfall just plunges down between you. Um, is there any particular destination you're looking to go? I think, um, do, so do we have a good view of the harbor here? Like, could we try to see if there's a big-ass bow with a shark on it? <laughs> you could go, if you went over to the platform that I was just kind of describing, like with this like metal contraption, that's like the edge, right? Like you could go over there and look down and see. Um, you could do so from the kind of middle of the covered bridge to like get the, the best view. Um, but the closer like on one of these platforms is is the better view. Um, you could probably given that Cal has given the extra like added elements of like, it's got this shark thing. You could probably see that from this far away. Um, so if you wanted, but you're better off going to like the, the front of this platform to, to view. Yeah, let's. I mean, unless anyone else has anything specific they want to look for. Okay. Uh, you can all throw a perception check for me. Come on now. No. Twelve. Come on, sis. Oh, 19. Yeah. Eight. That's and better than me, Chad. <laughs> uh, perception. Plus five. Thirteen. Wow. Yeah, not bad. Um, not bad across the board, but yeah, it's certainly Enid who spots the the Rhyme Thrasher. Um, uh, and it is the the hammerhead shark uh, accoutrement on the, the bulk of the bulkhead of this ship that gives it away. Um, and hammerhead shark um, are not massive. Uh, however, the skull that is affixed to the front of this ship uh, extends 40 feet um, in its in its breadth and ends at like these two what would be the ocular uh, points of like a hammerhead shark. Um, you can't quite see the full like mouth um, given the perspective, but you do see this kind of like hammerhead shark and you can see the point of where there are presumably, a, a row of hundreds of teeth at the front. Um, it's about uh, like a 40 foot wide ship, maybe about a hundred feet in length. It's second or third largest in the in the harbor of the half dozen that are here. And you can see at a distance there's a handful of crew. It's a dual double mast ship. It's relatively large, but not then massive. Again, not a warship, but thick. It's heavily um, uh, banded and, and, and reinforced. Um, it's, it, it seems to be the the most like reinforced. It seems to be the most built to uh, act as what would be like an icebreaker. You do see uh, of the other ships, there's one other that is in, in kind of league is slightly larger. And then the, the other four are, are significantly smaller. Um, and uh, as you're on this kind of section, this kind of lookout point, um, you also notice uh, there's a sign beside you, and all of you are noticing this chain that goes up and over you, and a platform, a lift that is rising up to you. As you've been standing here, you hear uh, the shifting of gear and 
it's very loud now that's beside you but the chain begins to roll around overhead uh, on these this gear contraption overhead and you watch a but a uh, like a 20 by 20 square platform begin to rise up from the harbor down below in this direction you can see there are maybe two or three people on board and about you know a dozen or so large crates and barrels and boxes that is being lifted in this kind of cargo lift up to your level. That's so neat. I haven't seen anything like this before. Is that how we should get down there? Did anyone see anything else? Uh, Enid, you, you find the thing we're looking for? Uh, yeah. It's that way. <laughs> You point off into the harbor. Uh, none of you see any other stairs or a ladder or like any way to get down this like, you know, 200 foot drop. Maybe right. we should just wait for this one to come up and then see if we can take it back down. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as you kind of wait around, uh, it does take several minutes for this. It's relatively slow. Um, uh, though you do see a sign uh, kind of affixed to the left side that says Dark Veil Automated Cargo Lift. Passage costs one copper per hundred pounds, lift capacity 4,000. Lift will run when coin is paid. Any issues, ask for Rusty. After about 10, 15 minutes, this cargo lift you see come up and settle into place. Uh, the lift is, finishes its its kind of churning gear, uh, and you watch a handful of, of figures begin to like lift and carry the crates off, and kind of give you like casual nods as they are heavy, seemingly heavy barrels being rolled and stacked and placed on the other side. Uh, another five ten minutes passes as they finish unloading the uh, cargo lift. Okay, let's make sure we get a good spot. Is there any <laughs> other passengers? <laughs> nope. It's just the four of you. That's not concerning at all. Just what do we this is automated, right? So what do we what do we do with the coin? We ask if if there's any problems, we just ask for Rusty, is what the sign said. Yeah. I'll just walk up I'll just walk up to it after they're clear and just stand on it. I will hop on as well. Do you guys want to come? Um, this is boring. Uh, Crane, what's your passive investigation? Or uh, Andy as well? Mine's 13. Mine's 10. Oh, here we go. Sorry. 10 plus your investigation will accomplish the same thing, yeah. It's 10. So you have no investigation. Okay. Yeah, it takes like like another 10 minutes of you guys kind of just standing around awkwardly, like wondering how this is going to work before. Andy, you realize under that sign... There's like a coin slot. Uh, okay. I jump up and down. It is solid. Stupid. I don't I don't get it. Oh, uh, there's um supposed to put the coin in the thing, I think. Right? I don't What oh. are reasonable okay, I have Kyle ten gold pieces. I cannot reasonably think where Andy would have got it in gold. Is it reasonable no. to assume that ninety percent of it's copper? It, copper and silver for sure. Yeah, there's no way it's actually gold pieces. No. Okay. Um, I'll put in, <clears throat> try to guesstimate how much everyone weighs and very little. Put in a couple. How much copper do you put in? 
Five. Uh, five hundred pounds. Sure. You put know, five like, copper in. He's big. And you make your way over. The crane has a lot of heavy shit on him. You two are tiny. You you count as one. The two of you together. <laughs> There's like maybe thirty seconds where you're all just kind of standing there, and then just suddenly it drops oh. about a foot, and your stomach's just like before it just. So cool. And very slowly begins to descend, and you get to see a very wide overview of this um, of this bay. Now, one of the disadvantages to traveling with just four light passengers is the lack of weight in <laughs> this uh, in this cargo lift, and the wind at which you are traveling, and the and the weight dispersion. Uh, you do begin to rock a little side to side and back and forth as uh, the wind picks up, and uh, about halfway down, a particularly powerful breeze uh begins to pick up and it carries you know the heavy cloak and uh and and jacket and blusters your hair uh and just kind of catches the lift ever so slightly your hat you catch onto the hat my rats uh i would like everyone to make dexterity saving throws you got it oh great tight 19. Ooh, 18. Uh, 20, no, 19. Great. Uh, I rolled the crane, the blue seven plus three, 10. It was a DC 10, so you are cutting (laughs) it beautifully close. Uh, crane, uh, I'm not even sure exactly what it is about this scenario that kind of takes you off guard, but as everyone, the the Herringon, your your center of gravity is super low, given that you are super low, um, and given your uh, your kind of springy bunny legs, um, this is more like a ride than it is a threat. Uh, and uh, Andy, um, just you know prepared just like you're just knowledgeable you're just ready to like be uh at at the ready and you take a wide stance but to crane just this like ever like perfect posture like perfectly stock still standing uh just the wind just kind of catches you and you just kind of take one step back but you're just standing a little too close to the edge and you just like lightning fast grab out and and cling on to the uh, the metal of one of these kind of triangular uh, structures and hold yourself steady. Just the briefest moment of fear passes through you before confidence returns. Several minutes pass and you do dock on the lower side of Darkvale Harbor with a heavy and indeed find yourselves on uh, a a pretty uh, Pretty wide set, 20 foot wide docks, kind of built within uh, the the bay that has formed around where the waterfall falls. In the obviously the cargo lift kind of comes out at an angle before settling down. So it's actually quite a ways out from like a straight shot from the the um, waterfall itself, built out around kind of this rock structure. 
and then wrapping around a bit of a corner. There are a couple of other buildings here that seem more like the same, more warehouses, more storage than anything, um, potentially like places for um, like tools and things to like work on the ships and storage for, for larger lumber and things like that. Um, but for the most part, it seems here that this is where the ships are docked. Um, and you do in fact see six uh, of these of these ships knowing where uh the ship that you have uh kind of in mind is you begin making your way towards the rhyme thrasher this large vessel does kind of sit about 10 feet above the dock uh there is a gangplank across uh, as you make your way close um and uh, the the uh sails are tucked and tied uh it is docked here um and doesn't seem to be going anywhere um though you do see the the kind of waves are rising and the the flow of wind the cold blistering kind of wind uh is worse down here than it was up above and you're seeing bobbing chunks of ice as you now look out into the proper expanse of the north sea uh, and see massive glaciers of ice and icebergs off in the distance um, and several chunks of ice that are uh kind of flowing in amongst the ships here. What do you do? Do you, do you guys want to do the talking now? We did the talking before. We're happy to do it again, but just I don't know if you, you guys were jealous when you had to sit. Do you have any experience in ships? I can't say I have too much, but I imagine any vessel is the same, whether land or sea or air. Okay. Um, yeah, you're welcome to take the lead if you like. Do you, do you have any experience? No, no, I'm very much land. Why don't you take the lead at least? And I uh, follow. Back me up. Yeah, sure. Um, is anyone out front? Like anyone viewable from where we are? Uh, you, you can see kind of someone like walks past, but like not immediately at the, like the the side of the ship, like there's activity on the ship. You can't mm. see anyone directly though. You can hear people. Yeah. But it's like it's like up ten feet and across the game. Yeah. It's through, like it's Okay. Um I guess I'll just walk up. I don't know any better. You stride forward and begin to uh to make your way onto the what you believe to be the rhyme thrasher. Um the uh Crossing the gangplank and setting foot on the top deck of the Rhyme Thrasher, uh, you immediately see uh, a better view of this kind of um, what the the top deck here looks more like a like a vessel um, from uh, oh, what's that uh, deadliest catch? Like it's like one of those like it's it's less of like a pirate ship and more of like uh, a, a heavy fishing vessel with a yep. thick kind of interior that is built with more like cranes and elements to like lift and heavy uh, to pull things out of the water. Um, less of a uh, a comfort or uh, certainly not a fighting vessel. You don't see cannons. You don't see anything of, of that like. Um, and where there would have been portholes, they've been like fully like either reinforced and, and packed in to ensure like the lack of uh, um, uh, airflow through or water and ice and just to uh, fully solidify the ship as a whole. Um, make a perception check for me. Hmm. I will have Very followed up this game. Like, 
Twelve. Gosh. <clears throat> um, you are taken off guard as uh, you stride aboard and begin kind of taking in the sights um, as uh, uh, Augustus and Enid behind, you guys have the higher perceptions. You see uh, a figure who you didn't see immediately up in kind of like what would be the crow's nest or up on top of one of these cranes leap and take a, uh, a relatively large figure. You see a large like black coat trail out behind them, almost like a, a cape. Um, a hat flies off and they catch it in their offhand while the other is holding uh, a chain or rope and they descend in this kind of sweeping swirly motion and land in a heavy, heavy landing, right? like right beside you, Andy, uh, your heart jumps up into your throat at the sudden uh, slamming approach. Uh, and you turn, uh, and I think Augustus, even though you saw this figure dropping as well, the sheer size and sound at which he drops relatively in close proximity to you does also shock you as well. As you all uh, begin to see a seven and a half foot tall man, um, big, massive bushy green beard like a, a a like a frosty green uh with like gray skin and piercing eyes um and wild hair that is likewise frosty green beneath a classic captain's hat um a like a heavy blue wool or black wool uh jacket that has been patched in multiple places with with buttons and uh um and buckles across that is open over um a like a cotton shirt that is kind of tied down at the chest but leaves open thick chest muscle and that is also kind of heavily furred um with this same kind of frosty green fur over uh kind of lighter gray skin. Uh, the face itself is bovine in nature as a fur bulk of impressive stature and girth as this man is seven foot tall, seven feet tall, but uh, at four, five, six feet wide. He just is a monstrous figure. Uh, lands heavy in these kind of double cuffed leather boots uh, and where he releases the uh, chain or rope that he descended on. You see not a hand, but a massive crab's claw uh, that is uh, heavily barnacled and is uh, kind of uh, fixed somehow beneath the jacket to uh, this Furbolg's arm. He looks down at you though, a little less down at you, Andy, though still down uh, and massively down towards the Parangons. Welcome aboard the Rhyme Thrasher, young ones. What be your purpose on my vessel today? You wouldn't by chance be rusty, would you? No, not rusty. My name be Captain Daedric Verglass. And what be your name? Oh, that's that's the guy. Are we doing our golden names? Speak up. I can yes. hear a little of your whisper. You do the code name. It's Will. And I am Guy B. Oak. 
Are you mocking me, boy? I he gets yes. really low. I didn't Good. mean to. I didn't mean to. I, I just I was so overwhelmed. With... Picks you up. No, it's so Let's exciting seeing him. Do you try to resist as he like reaches in, grabs you by like the scruff of like the jacket with his hand, and the claw like pinches your arm and chest together, and he lifts you up with the ease of lifting uh, a toddler. He's so big. Okay, my turn. My turn. I have my hand next to my gun. Just in case, not like I'm just like it's he gets right up into your face. You mock me. Would you mock a captain aboard his own vessel? No, no, no. I'm only joking. And he throws you down and just like tumbles <laughs> off to the ground. You are very dexterous and you land. It's all right. It's all right. It's good to have a good attitude as you know, we meet new friends. Captain Didrick for glass, as I said, and you, uh, Tall lass. Oh, yeah, hi. Uh, how you doing, Andy? Andy, a pleasure. Yeah. Doffs his hat uh, and looks over to Decran. Decran, did you, are you on the gangplank or are you staying on the boardwalk? No, I'm on the, I'm on the plank. Looks over to you. And you, my sir, what be your name? The name's Decrane, and it's a pleasure, Captain. Oh, such formalities. Come aboard, come aboard. Please don't fall into the frigid drink. Let me ask you, are you familiar with the Kingler clan? The Kingler clan? I can't say I've heard of such things. Though if uh, if they exist out in these frigid tundras, I am sure to find them. So much just, you reminded me of someone. Oh, yeah. A lot grislier. It's more corfish clan kind of guys. It's, it's um... <clears throat> He, he looks you all up and down and says, Now, uh, introductions out of the way, and the Rhyme Thrasher here stands before ye. What be your purpose aboard my vessel? Um, the Tone Colder is crawling in his savor. You speak in riddles, my boy. Yes, uh, I don't follow. Uh, Willow, isn't that what he told us to say? Uh, no, he said something about being a lone ranger. The 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 lone ranger is calling in his saver. Oh no! Wait, oh. it was lone warrior. Lone warrior. The lone warrior, and he's he's got a, he's got a favor, and he would love. Do you know, uh, Cal? Cal, Cal, not oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah this dragon. The lone soldier, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. I. It's been a dog's age. I was sobbed the whole time. Oh, apologies for my own confusion. I couldn't quite grasp where you were going with this. He spoke in riddles and codes. It was hard to process. I'm distracted by how breathtaking you are. He was just a specimen. Stops his hat and does a little (laughs) just like stance, buffed out his chest. Wave splashes behind him. Many, many a bard has written a tale of old Daedric Verglass. Uh, thank you, young lady. Now, uh, you speak of the lone soldier of Kalzura. Yes. Yeah. Um, where be he? Often he's, he does not have others speak for him. I, he's, he's here. Well, he's not here. He's up there. But um, he asked us. He's a little tired. It was quite, quite the trip up here. Um, but he's actually looking... To chat with you, maybe about some calling in that favor. Well, of course, he's more than welcome about the rhyme thrasher. He knows just as well 
as anyone here is welcome aboard my vessel. And I would love to speak with the man. It's been, like I say, a dog's age. Do you, um, do you know Mal at the at the tavern? It's the one that's squat. Mal, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, frigid, frigid woman, yes. I found her rather friendly. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I prefer Mad Jacks on the south side. Oh, I should More have been my Mad speed. Mad Jacks sounds wonderful. Um, would you want to join us for, for dinner? We can talk to Cal and at Mel's, or if you want, we could go to Mad Jack's, that's fine with me. I, uh, I very much appreciate the offer, but I never leave my vessel uh, oh. on, on solid shores. Okay. You Could are more we... than welcome to uh, join me here and my crew for dinner, should you be uh, interested. Okay, okay. We could go get them, maybe come back, and then give room for two more Mel's? Plus us? Of course, more the merrier. Excellent, excellent. Um, wonderful news. Oh, wonderful news. Quick pocket, get over here. Terrell, we have dinner guests. Uh, other just begin kind of coming to uh, see what's going on. Just, just uh, oh, uh, okay. It's like normal, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, are, are you guys leaving anytime soon? We would uh, hope to set sail within the, within the morrow. But if we have guests this eve, then perhaps we can delay if, uh, if need be. I do have some uh, some deliveries to get to and some some orders to fill. But there's plenty of ice out in the ice fields. Excellent. No, no that's wonderful. Um, I have a question for ye, if uh, you'd be willing to answer. Of course. What is your association with my old friend, the Lone Soldier? Not often does he accompany... Uh, Anyone, given the title Lone Soldier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More of a situation of circumstance, I think. And what circumstance might that be? Um... Are you running from the law? No, 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 no. Make an exception check. <laughs> 21. I rolled an 18. Oh, that'd be a surprise. In truth, I have expected him to be coming down these ways many a time in the past. Um, I mean, if you, you heard, he actually, like, almost kind of was the law for a while in the yeah. little town he's in. Like, there's no formal law, but it was, like, kind of him, basically. If anyone could do it, I suppose he is the one strapping enough to do, uh, to, to lead and to protect. Certainly, good old cat. He is very cool and very capable. Indeed, indeed he is, indeed. Ah, man, I, it's been, like I say, quite some time. I hope to catch up with him. Um, I, I get, I am surprised he did not make the introductions himself. He was just He's so real tired. tired. He's very tired. Honestly, he could not get that man to take a nap for the last multiple days it's supposed to get here, so. You're not wrong, you're not wrong. Very driven, very driven, the man. Well. What be your, uh, you say, uh, association of, of convenience? Uh, friends, uh, were you from the town he was protected, uh, protecting? Uh, well, we were just, we were passing through the town. He was in there looking for work and um, happened to, to, he happened to say that he was coming this way and that we could um, help in any way we could. Um, 
wasn't exactly a smooth journey here. Oh, I don't imagine so, no. <laughs> uh, well, uh, perhaps more dinner conversation then, and uh, we can save our stories for then. Sure, uh, well, I guess while we have you, um, we haven't been here before. Is there anything about this place that we should know, or any um, spots to stop in, anything we should be worried about? We ain't fuck all in the town, to <laughs> be honest. Uh, there's uh, some some uh, fine vessels if you're looking for travel in the ice fields or uh, for um, making your way around the coast. Um, well, there is looks uh, you over. There is uh, a kingsmith is in town. Uh, they trade in oddities and curios, um, if ye have the coin, of course. Mm. Interesting. I mean, yeah, lovely, good stuff. That's great. Thank you. Where, whereabouts is that? Uh, he steps up and like pulls down on uh, the chain that he like kind of rose up on, and like lifts himself up uh, like another foot or two. It's just kind of like leaps up and holds himself, lands back down with a. Um, he says, "It's at the end of the docks on the far side. Uh, smaller vessel, but you can't miss it." Ah. Uh. So does anyone else have anything else? I have one more question, but... Dean, is that, is that the fastest way to go up and down? We had to wait yeah, so long. Oh, uh, unless you're um, willing to scale the uh, the icy stair, uh, that is the best and safest way, yes. Okay. Okay. But you do look nimble and quick, the two of you. I perhaps think you could make it up the, the, the icy stairs there. I... If you can, I would give you, uh, I'd give you something tasty to drink this eve in celebration. Oh, is it ale? <laughs> Indeed, ale. Uh, no, we almost died earlier. We can't. That's okay. Yeah. He kind of like you see his like exuberance drop a little. <laughs> it was like stuff at the at the place we were. He said it was not good. Oh. This is not that ale. This is some fine, fine ale that I save only mm. for uh, esteemed company. Mm. But hey, do not risk your lives just for a taste of mine. Ah, oh, no, can we in? Well, I would love to see it. Okay, why don't we go to that other little shippy with the knickknacks and then maybe get some um, rations and then let's go get cow and let's come back here and have a delicious dinner. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Looking forward to it this eve. Thank you so much for welcoming us, welcoming us aboard. It was a fantastic entrance. 10 out of 10. Well, thank you very much. And I look forward to uh, having some guests here for dinner. Bring your appetites. Bring your stories. <laughs> bring your... Can. Bring your... I just leave. And bring Rusty. <laughs> She kind of looks around as you guys like disembark here. Any of you know a rusty? Anyone rusty? <laughs> I just folded. I had nothing to say. I, I thought I'd say something. Andy said something cool, and I thought I would say something cool back, and I just and nothing Andy happened. Will just said great sto stories. It was so great. He was like, "Bring this," and you're like, "Bring that." And just, uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just you used to click. Okay. Well, where's this? Where's this fancy boat again? Um, right down there on the end. 
Uh, yeah, it's not a particularly large harbor, so it's it's not a, a particularly long journey, nor is it hard to identify uh, various ships. It takes a matter of a few minutes for you to walk. The only um, difficulty here is that it's just shitty weather. Like, it just kind of sucks. It's cold. Uh, and you're just kind of dodging people who are working and moving things and who don't seem happy to be here. Um, but easily enough, you make your way towards this kind of humbler vessel. Uh, it, definitely smaller, um, certainly not sitting 10 feet above the docks, um, more directly in line, is maybe 40 feet in length and 20 wide, um, so not particularly large. Um, but you can see it is, it is thin um, and is um, reinforced in, in a way similar to how like all these ships, though, are, are a little bit more reinforced than your, your classic kind of sailing vessels. Uh, but certainly built more for speed than for um, comfort or for um, uh, sturdiness. But you can see along the back, the kingsmith in glittering gold uh, is kind of gilded along the back. Um, and you can see uh, on the main uh, main deck, a canvas kind of like tent has been set over top, um, like where the entryway is, um, with like a little bit of a of a sign of like that says oddities and curios inside, um, uh, and another sign below that says ask for the duke, and um, uh, another couple of other like little signs and bits and bobs to like kind of in intrigue and entice. This looks so neat. I knock on the gangplank as I walk up it. There's no response to the knocking. Um, but as you make your way aboard, you come underneath this kind of canvas tent and you can see there are like little lights and things that are, are, are dangling, like in these kind of lantern lights, I mean. Um, and it leads kind of directly to uh, what would be the um, kind of captain's quarters or like the, the, the front kind of uh, only real room here. Um, there is a... a Along the back side, there is a um, a, a raised, uh, like smaller room, but seems to just descend below down uh, down into the lower decks and the cargo, and presumably more more rooms as you make your way into this front room um, that on most ships would be set as like a captain's quarters and, and room is instead um, uh, shifted and displayed as a small, very tight um, shop. You see a number of, um, of of books that are kind of on shelves, and you can see they're strapped in with chains to, to stop them from, from falling. They're, uh, again, um, also strapped in with, with uh, these tighter chains, um, a number of, of potion vials and bottles, and, and um, you can see some that are glittering with like red and, and gold and silver and um, purple kind of effervescent um, uh, liquids within um, some that are that contain um, small like eyeballs or fish eggs and some that contain like a um, what looks like a newt or something that is um, in like uh, some embalming fluid um, just kind of odds and ends bits and curios there are herbs that are dangling from the ceiling that are touched with frost clearly not really for much more than display um, and only in like two or three small lanterns that um, and the, the windows that are all along the front and sides are heavily curtained, uh, letting only in thin slivers of light. Um, though you 
with this like perfect shaft of light crossing across his face as he sits in this kind of leather bound chair uh, with his uh, facing directly to the door. You can see a, uh, a human man, older, uh, a very tr uh, trim and trained goatee, uh, slick back hair that is silver on the on the kind of temples, uh, and kind of flips out along the, the the back a little bit, and kind of just a little bit winged out um, in a uh, regal-ish looking kind of gray uh, kind of uh, tweed or, or wool coat that sits very very cut across him um, as he kind of steeples his hands as you enter, says nothing and just eyes you. Are you, are you the Duke? Indeed. Oh my God. Welcome. Thank hi. you. Uh, how you doing? I'm well. Could we see some of your curiosios? Cur curious see us. Open your eyes, my friend. You can see whatever you can see in this room. All of these things have been acquired in various endeavors, expeditions across the country, across the realm of Vigil. Delving deep into the ruins of Gamelast, forged and pulled from the ashen wastes. Wow. Deep in the Lazarin jungles. Lazarin jungles. Crimson oh, shore. You've been to Lazarin jungles? Yeah. Sweet. He kind of looks, looks at that with a, just, like the, just the faintest little eyebrow twitch. His ship is in there. What's up? It's not important. Sorry, I interrupted. So uh, lots of cool, lots of cool things. Um, anything cool. that it, like quite interesting? Um, is there anything you're particularly proud of? Anything have a cool story? A little cool story. Hmm. Like so slowly, it takes forever. He slowly like rises up out of his chair and like stands, hands pressed together. And he wanders like up and down the small room, back and forth for like, like four or five minutes. Just like, like looking at each item and pausing. And turning to the next and looking. Why is he taking so long? And slowly over to He gestures to these, uh, a, a box, and it, he kind of lifts it up. A box, and it's it's a it's a relatively nice box, like a cigar box, and it's it's, nice. it's um, really smooth, well polished wood. Uh, it's got herringbone like uh, designs across the top, um, and you can see some like ivory or, or uh, in, inlaid throughout. Seems expensive, seems nice. Um, he unlatches the front and lifts, and you see displayed. Um, a silverware set, a spoon, a knife, a fork. And he says, this silverware is known as the inspector's silverware. In the aristocratic societies, when you're looking to usurp leadership, often, Villains utilize poisons and try and take by force what can't be taken by war. 
these spoons, knives, and forks detect poison in food and corrode instantly upon touch. They have saved lives. But he can't. But he can't use a spell. Is that good enough for you? I'll let Newt die. That one. In the jar. That one. How'd he die? When he's distracted, actually, this is excellent. I'm going to try to cast Deck Magic at some point when I think he might be the most distracted. Okay. Probably then. <laughs> Sorry. As an action, like, just cast yeah. it? As a yeah, verbal I'm, somatic? I don't have 11 minutes. Um, sorry, it's verbal somatic. How'd that new die? <laughs> Uh, you, uh, just go ahead and make a slight of hand or stealth, either or. Okay. I'll give you advantage because of the, uh, outburst of Newt. Thank you, because the first one was a two. Mm. And then the second one is an 18 on the dice. Plus, Way better. Way better. Uh, I think they're the same. So 19 total. Um, you use that that flash of Enid's kind of outburst as he then like makes his very slow like approach over to it, it, this initial shock over to the newt stands in front of it leans back to Enid I found it this way uh, as you cast detect magic yeah, it's very disappointing sorry you cast detect <laughs> magic um, ding, 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 ding. Uh, you can see uh, immediately just boom the uh, wave of um, of kind of glitter and glow around some of the items. Indeed, the uh, silverware that he was showing is is magical. Um, there are a handful of, of things on on a shelf over on the far side that look like these small like like a, like a like tesseract style like size cubes. Um, there's like a couple of them like in a, in a larger jar. Um, there is uh, a stack of like cloth like kind of folded cloth that also glimmers with magic um and there's a um a pair of uh of boots that you can actually see are kind of tucked down in a way um not hidden but just like not prominently displayed they also ring with magic there's actually not a whole lot in here that does though yeah. actually sorry the potions on the wall. There are three of them that do also have magic. Mm. Um, I don't know if anyone else to do. I'm just gonna like wander and try to like look around at any other cool things. But like the weird little tesseractish things seem intriguing. Uh, yeah, you gather um, kind of an evocation school. Um, if you want to do an arcana check on them or uh yeah an arcana check would be would be fine if you want to try and see what you can glean more from them sure i'll also give um the the cloth bundle the the folded cloth gives off an illusory uh vibe mm -hmm. the boots give off a transmutative vibe and uh as do the no the the silver gives off an abjurative vibe they actually didn't roll very good but my arcana is good. I also have a no money. Like, no, I don't have any money either. This is just. Uh, so that is a 10 total. Yeah, you're, just, you're not sure. Like, it's 
Yeah. They look squishy. That's about as much as you can get. Also, just not a great desk. Yeah, he makes his way kind of around. Um, is there anything in here that does perk your, uh, pique your curiosities? Everything. Everything's incredibly interesting. What are these? Ah, I've dubbed them cleaning cues. They were salvaged from a, um, a, a section of the ruins of Gamalast, this society of mages um, from the years of ages before ours. Um, they uh, have an acidic quality to the touch, but um, if you allow them to debate. They will clean for you. I'll lean into Nettie and be like, this guy has cleaning and a spoon. This guy has some Tide Pods and one of those baby spoons that when your food is hot, it <laughs> changes color. <laughs> Nettie, this guy sucks. We don't need to waste our time with these trinkets. There's other cool shit, guys. Uh, he says, these are not trinkets. These are relics. These are antiquities taken in in great painstaking endeavors into dangerous areas of this realm. I Jersey. trust you look upon these with greater apprehension and understanding of their salvaging. Do you ever talk to like a bunch of moths? No. The journey to get these may have been incredible, but I just see tools for the weak, the lazy. I I didn't want to be that rude. That's quite quite like cutting. He sits back down in his chair up with his hands again. I understand. Well, if there's nothing here for you, then I would ask you to leave. I I stare him for a few seconds, and then I, I just nod my head and I leave. Make an intimidation check. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. <laughs> he, uh, he, he holds... He holds the gaze, and you're just you're just not as intimidating as you hope. The the stare, you kind of blink a few too many times. Um, you weren't ready to actually have a staring contest. It's a little chilly, and you're just like, and then make your make your leave. It's not quite as intimidating as you hope. I think we should go too. Maybe not stay. This is my cool. This is such cool things. Um, what about? I, yeah. Okay. Um. I'm, I'm going to be incredibly, I'm going to be honest, this all seems very interesting, and I'd love to hear all the stories about all of it, because it's very interesting. Um, I'm going to also assume incredibly expensive? If you have to ask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I kind of figured. I'm usually work more on, like, trade. I don't have anything particularly cool about me except this, and, and you know, this, um, my astral. Uh you just watch his eye kind of trail and watch it and kind of tilt and look. So he's interested, obviously, you're not going to trade it, but he's he does find that 
intriguing. I mean, did we you? Maybe one day. Do you only dock here? Do you go around other places? I am seen in many ports. Right. Okay. Well, maybe one day we'll have something cool that we could uh, either trade. Maybe something you'd be interested in. Who knows? We'll see. He says with a tone of disdain. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, get going. Bandy, let's go. I take some nuts that Too Sweet found out of my pocket and just kind of place it on the counter and be like, tell a great story with these ones. And then slowly put my hand away and then walk away. You walk away and look back over your shoulder and you see the nuts are gone. That guy sucks. <laughs> what are you talking about? He was really cool. Oh my god, Andy. If this is going to be like all the time. God. No, it's just like his stories. I feel like he knows since been so many places. If you've actually been to all those places, that's incredible. I was jealous of that newt the whole time. I was like, drown me in whatever liquid that is. I listen to that man troll on. I could have listened to him for hours. Oh my god. Um, let's take the, the stupid elevator back up. Okay, um, is there any extra copper in that bag? Do you still have it? Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. filled with silver. There's no copper. There should now be six gold and 22 silver. Okay, Talk to um, me. Trade your silver. Sure. It, that doesn't seem... Yeah, uh, I have... It took five last time. Five, five copper. Do you have five fucking have, copper? Yeah, oh god, yeah. They got entirely copper. I'll give Two you silver. six silver for five copper. That's not how math works. What is math? Okay, never mind. It's fine. <laughs> I'll give right. you. Uh, easy enough. You guys make your way back up to Upper Vale. Uh, is there anything else you want to do this evening? Go, well, we got to set up that dinner. And then I think after dinner would be when we could maybe try and teach I think Ursa some if things. we stop at the corner, st the corner store, the general store, the we should see store. if they have rations and or like, not necessarily like the heaviest winter clothing, but like literally anything in terms of yeah. shoulders. So let's do this. Let's take a quick uh, break rather than run through a yeah. general store run. Like there's not anything going to be super uh, impressive there. It's just whatever basic equipment is in the player's handbook. They'll have most of that kind of stuff. So if you want to buy anything and you have the, the goal for it, we can just run through it uh, off camera. So let's take like five, 10 minutes just to pause, refresh drinks and do that. And then we'll come back. We jump back in here as uh, the party here has finished buying a couple of bits of tents and rations and things from the uh, general store. A couple of gold down, nothing too impressive. Um, but with dinner on uh, kind of on the books with Captain Verglass and crew, uh, you guys make your way back to the uh, tavern of Mallory's um, and are able to check in with Cal and Ursa or do anything else before you want to wrap up the day. It's still only just afternoon, like it's still early in the day. If you want to do anything with your evening before this kind of like little shindig, um, it's up to you. I bought some playing cards, so I would start playing cards with whoever wants to. 
in the room. I think he's I think he got real excited and then just tucking himself right out. It's just pretty tired now. Wants to stay warm. Everyone just ends up having afternoon naps. <laughs> pretty much feels like yeah. we're all toddlers. It's like when you're on holiday and you're like, oh, just a quick little shut eye in the afternoon. It's really cold. I want to be in warm blankies. Oh, I'll fix the, the very cheap cloak that I bought. We bought sure. some winter That'll gear. That'll take a little bit of time. Yeah. Ursa will probably enjoy watching, so I'll just use that time to. Uh, I would say she that. Yeah. No, she's still interested, but she's less interested in what it is you're doing with your hands and more just trying to pick your brain about magic and like what she what you think she can do. And like she kind of does. I, we, we can play out a little bit of like. Um, so you you've given a couple of explanations of how magic works, but when you when you looked at me a couple of days ago, it seemed like it was something different. Yes, yeah. Um, well, most times, it kind of magic is a manipulation of energy and stuff around you. You seem to just have it. You have the the energy inside you. Like most times, you're just channeling things right it's it's about you know creating stuff out of thin air you, you're finding magic in your god or you, the earth or the atmosphere and you're kind of channeling it into where you have i think it's more internal for you but i i can't know for sure i mean i'm just this is all guess um I would say you guys are not in the same room with Cal, uh, letting Cal sleep. Um, but she kind of, without him there as the go-to, like, check for permission, she kind of is a little bit more open. And after, you know, you guys have been traveling more or less for a week, so it's not like you haven't talked in this week. You've had little conversations. You've, you've you know, eaten some meals together and... and you know, hung out in between fighting a river troll. Um, so she's a little bit more casual in, in how she's like talking about things. But for the first time beyond the let's get all the cards on the table conversation, she says, do you think that the magic is in me or is it in the thing that's in me? Because it's When, when Haraman looked me over and they thought I was asleep, I was awake and I heard, I heard him say that we have, that he had never seen such evil. He had never felt it. And that if he weren't protected by his God, he didn't know if he would end up like the Bond Mage. I, I want to explore this. I want to know. I want to do what you all can do. I want to be something more. But I'm honestly scared. I don't know if this thing is what's giving power 
or if it's a byproduct are they if it's evil and it's what's making magic are the arcana class not right i think it's it's less about we don't know right now like right we, we don't know for sure if it's something something separate from the self then how on earth would they be correct in saying well get rid of you right that doesn't make any sense if it's something that needs to be dealt with and, and would not separation would not something like that make more sense but again i haven't had enough time or honestly i don't have the resources or the know-how to say for sure all i can say when is i i looked at you it seemed all encompassing but when people say evil, evil is an interesting word. It's an interesting concept. Arcanoclasts themselves, you see plenty of things that are evil that I would disagree with strongly. And I think they have a bit of a heavy hand when it comes to dealing with what they, what they consider evil. So in no circumstance do I think they're right. However, being afraid of something like this is, is healthy. If you weren't afraid, I'd be far more concerned. Okay. It means you understand that this, this stakes and that you need to be careful. For now, I think that you need to focus less on total control or blocking in as much as from what I've seen some kind of power source. It's like a like a sun like a, think of it like a dam right? If you have just a dam with all this energy of water behind it, you can't just let it build up for it. It's going to have to be some release eventually and what we've seen in the past is when you get overwhelmed that release happens. So maybe instead I'll put my stuff down. We learn how to release a bit, Yeah. I mean, that sounds good. Um, okay. I don't want to hurt anybody. Huh. I am a little scared of, hmm. of hurting Cal or any of these others that we travel with. But, I mean, when you say a, a, a dam... Um, it feels like it is wanting to burst. And it is a... It's something I try to hold back. And then... Can't at certain times. Well, then let's learn to relieve at least a little bit of the pressure. And if it's only a... Bucket of water at a time. I'd like that. Okay. I'll um, spend whatever little time we have just trying, like, I'll just keep showing her the light cantrip. It's the safest one I have. <laughs> sure. Uh, is anyone else in the room for this kind of, like, little test montage? I will have overheard this whole conversation with my new cards staring at Nettie, and I will say... Do you have any owl bears? 
I go fish. And that's pretty much what we're contributing to this in the conversation. <laughs> um, in that case, then, uh, it is a single skill challenge from uh, Andy. Uh, go ahead and make a uh, just a straight intelligence check. Okay. Like this is your intelligence, is your spellcasting ability. This is your knowledge of spellcasting and trying to translate as best you can the teachings that you have been taught and how to, you know, use verbal somatic material components to create magic. Can Ray cast, oh wait, does this work for this? Does Bless work for these things? Uh, it's not, not, it's not an ability, ability check. Damn. Never mind. Guidance is what we need, but no one has that. Oh, thank God. Uh, natural 20. Oh my God, wow. Damn. I just liked okay. that speech. That's great. Yeah. Uh, over the next four hours, like literally the whole time up until like Cal wakes up and you guys are about to like go down for, for dinner. Um, you sit in this room across on the bed from Ursa and just create light. Just this little, little pocket of light and then and she tries her best to mimic and you adjust the hands and you adjust um, the enunciation of the words. Um, and in the same way that we've you've spoken about how the capture of energy for different ways of, of manipulating magic, manipulating energy shifts, the way that uh, a wizard accesses this energy is is through your focus um and so your astral lab is never far from you and often it is the source on which you're generating light um for a time you debate handing the astrolabe to ursa just to see you know can you you know channel through this but i think something gets the better of you. Maybe it's a sentimental thing of like, I just don't want something to happen to this. I think it's the dream. But it leads you back to the dream that you can't allow that to happen. Um, and so there is, there's no focus for her to, um, to generate this, this magic from. And for the first little while, that's what you think is kind of causing the problem and this is internal debate. Um, and then about two, three hours in, there's a spark. It's a great, a bright green flash and it sparks and she gets very excited. She did it. She created a momentary fraction of light. She managed to, to create, to do so. And with that, like, burgeoning moment she begins to build um, over the next like five ten minutes the spark becomes consistent and flam fades out and then after about five ten minutes there's a ball 
a brilliant green, um, but not just light. There's a physicality to the creation she's made, and it is reminiscent of that crystalline glass emerald construct that you fought in in Grill. A uh, like a sphere of this material that you can see is is kind of somewhat segmented, almost dodecahedron-like, um, and the energy, the light, is emanating from within it before it kind of falls and she's not able to hold it consistently. Um, uh, but after, at the end of this kind of culmination, this like four hours, she once again casts light and instantaneously ball crystalline structure it's cohesive it's solid it's there the light is fills the entirety of the room bright light it's brighter than your light cantrip it's more powerful and that light is is growing she's she's you know amazed at the creation that she's She's done. She's this ball of light is expanding and it's filling this entire room to the point where all of you are beginning to have to shield your eyes. You can no longer look within the room. And it's, it's this green tinted light. It's just expanding until finally it seems to hit the walls and you all can hear the walls groan this creak of the wood as it seems to push, the energy pushes against the wood of the room. And uh, you all begin to feel hot, tingly sensation uh, on your skin. Um, it, it begins to, to burn. Eddie. And then condensed into this bead of physically falls onto the bed. I said, that was so cool. She's like, fully like sweating like uh, this has been a, a significant expenditure of energy over this period of time but she's like so energetic I was a little Did you, um, was that an intentional the growth intentional or was that uncontrolled um it was uh more than I expected um, to use your damn analogy I cracked the door I cracked it open a little, but there's so much. To close it is hard. Um, I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there's a limit. Well, I think the biggest takeaway is you were able to shut that door. Yeah, we've seen, we've seen you shut it before. You're just going to learn to open that up just to crack. And then when you want to, shut it again. 
And Andy's right, maybe do this every now and then, relieve some of the pressure, and you're going to get stronger and better. Yeah. As long as whatever this thing inside is stays inside, and I can close the door on it, too. I want to see where this goes. Can I pick up the little bead? Mm -hmm. I was going to try and slide a hand it, too. I was going to try and grab that little bead. Uh, it is, it's very warm to the touch, but not burning, but it's very, very warm. Do I have a feeling that this is magical? Or is it just a result of something? Um, make a, make an arcana check. 18. You can feel the tingle of, uh, of, of the magical essence of something, but it's waning. It was a a byproduct that begins to to slowly subside. Um, but what's interesting is that there is a byproduct. Yeah. Like I was gonna potentially cast uh, identify on it, but it's ritual. So by eleven minutes, it would probably not be magic. Yeah. No, there would be okay. there'd be nothing left. Yeah. Okay. Um. Are you okay if I, if I keep this? Sure. So, you know, I put it, I, I have a bunch of beads on my staff in like a bunch of spots. Um, kind of loop it in with some thread to make a little, like, almost like a setting for a ring. Mm -hmm. and, and put it in there. I like to, I like to collect things. It's, you know, remind us of time with people. Yeah. It's definitely been something to remember. Uh, there's a, a knock at the door. Come in. Creaks open. You see cows are looking far more refreshed than uh, this morning. Well, uh, I don't know if I've slept that long in my entire life combined, so how is it going in here? Cal, your scales look phenomenal. I think you should get more, should I? Thanks. Uh, hopefully, once we get out on the ice, then uh, I can kind of breathe that sigh of relief a little bit more. We were just oh, speaking of which, we did find your friend. Oh, good. He's in town. Uh, so, I was a little worried. Uh, we would have to wait. He invited us to dinner. Really cool guy. Your code was hard to crack. We kind of forgot it there for a little bit, but we figured it out. We're cool. Who's you know, like, it was like... What was it? Lone, lone gunman, lone like the, the lone rusty comes. Oh, that wasn't a code. That's just, you know, it doesn't matter. So what? Uh, uh, are we uh, time? It's almost dinner time, and he's invited us there on the ship. He said he can never leave. I think he'll die if he leaves. That was the what I interpreted. Yeah, but well, that's. I don't like it. He made it sound like he was gonna die. Probably gonna die. Well, maybe something's changed, but he's always been like, uh, well, he doesn't like to leave the ship. Um, so we're invited there for dinner, and uh, he was excited to meet you, and I think hear a little bit more about what your favor is. Um, I imagine so, yeah. But we could get on there, I'm starving. Yeah, y'all y'all are coming? Yeah, Nettie just wiped the floor with me at this card game we invented. Um, so... Witness it for the world. All right, well... Um... After all this sleep, I could definitely eat, so uh, might y'all lead the way. Okay. We're not taking the stairs, because 
It makes my paws too cold. Oh, I mean, we shouldn't really take the stairs here. It's terribly dangerous. Okay, good to know. He gives Ursa kind of a side hug and st steps out with her, and all of you make your way down to the Rhyme Thrasher for a, uh, a raucous evening of entertainment. Uh, there's music being played by some of the um, ship's crew. Uh, the meal... The meal is, uh, it's, it's, it's hearty. It's uh, actually very filling and actually surprisingly tasty provided you're into seafood. Um, and uh, there is plenty of ale to go around of which Daedric and Cal partake uh, heavily. Um, and they, they do indeed share many, many, many stories. Uh, some seem to grow uh, in incredible lengths. Um, Daedric does go heavily into, surely on the uh, prompting of Enid, uh, as to what happened with the claw. For sure. Um, and there's a couple of different times he tells his story, and it changes ever so slightly each time. Um, but the most interesting was that it was bitten and swallowed whole by a dragon turtle, um, and uh, that he then fought the dragon turtle and escaped, but unfortunately did lose his uh, lose his arm in the, in the process, um, and then just killed the giant crab and stuck it on his arm. It's crazy. That just worked. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that tracks. That makes sense to me. Um, Did you know there were dragon turtles? It's crazy. The evening passes, though, with uh, some much more lighthearted fare than had been previously um, visited upon your group. Uh, and with really nothing more to the, to the evening, you all settle in back in uh, the... Um, in the in the taverns rooms for a night of rest um, with the intent to uh, say goodbye to your new friends uh, what was to be the morning will now become <laughs> mid-afternoon maybe late afternoon or evening as you settle into rest and really as you Begin to make your way off to bed. It's about to happen right now. Enid, you and um, Augustus, I don't imagine leave each other's side very often. No. So I would imagine you're kind of together as this is happening. Okay. In terms of um, the evening collectively, before I get into it, uh, occurs with Enid. Would you all like intend to like depart and arrive at the same time? Would you want to split off and go to bed early? Would anyone be staying up late? This will this party will be going deep into the morning. <laughs> I would go whenever Nettie goes, but I probably wouldn't last too far past midnight. I don't know crane. what Crane is up to. This crane and Andy. Andy's just staring down to Crane, just waiting for him. I'm waiting to see what Kevin said. <laughs> I don't need much sleep. Oh. Sorry, do you, you stay through the whole until it's kind of you you till it's over? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Andy? I do need to sleep, but then more than person. Um come back with Nettie and I. 
I yeah, I'd probably. Oh God, I hate the idea of splitting the party, but I think that's the, God, the, split the player party. more than the character. Um, it's episode four, and we haven't split the party yet. It feels wrong. <laughs> I'd probably end up going back with you guys, um, mostly because I understand that if we're going to be traveling a lot, that we're this is going to be the last night to get like a really good night's sleep, and so I'd want to get a really good night's sleep. Um, but like. I think more than going back with you guys, I'd make sure that like, so is our, our, is Ursa staying here? Are they staying here? Ursa they... has fallen asleep at this mm -hmm. point. Um, but if uh, like two or three of you are making your way back to the tavern, um, Cal would ask like, can you take Ursa back up to the room with you? Then I would probably go with her. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Ursa very groggily is awoken and, and toddles along with the three of you. Decrane, you hang back with Cal and Daedric and some of the other uh, of the crew still raucously uh, telling stories and drinking and uh, enjoying the revelry. It's not long after you leave like the, the ship itself and it's not something that happens overtly. You're about, you're kind of waiting on the platform to go up back to the um, to the upper veil and night is well set in here it's fucking cold even with your new attire it sucked to go from the interior the belly of the rhyme thresher which was so well insulated and your you know the meal was good and, and all this you were nice and warm now you're back out into the shit it sucks um, and having to wait for this fucking elevator is no fun you're just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting and Enid for a moment as you're just kind of let your mind adrift waiting is not your not something you like to do a a scent stings your nose and instantly it feels like you slip into a dream your senses are overwhelmed by rotting vegetation and decay mingled with choking smoke. Your eyes shoot open in this dream state, but they can't adjust. Whether it's smoke or tears or the imperfection of dream and memory, you're surrounded by fog and an uncomfortable heat. A shape steps through the edge of your vision, striding forward with heavy steps. The smoke or fog billows and shifts around their movement. They toss something from their shoulder, landing in a groaning heap, not far from you on the ground. Your other senses begin to tune in. Your ears are overwhelmed by a whining drone that is mingled with the furious beating of your heart. You can feel it thumping as fast as it's ever done before the burning and stinging sensation of your eyes and nose. The edges, just nothing can sate this pain. And the shape looms closer to you, dragging something behind it. A body, a weapon. It seems nefarious. You're f afraid. You feel the grip of fear on your already rapidly beating heart and you feel yourself push up from the ground and your hand catches and tightens over the hilt of a blade that is warm in your hand. 
your mind erupts with light and memory, and you feel your body springing into action, blade poised to strike as you scream and dive towards this figure. You shoot forward and nearly topple off the edge of the platform. And in that moment, this split second of sense memory, you come back to present now here. The frigid cold no longer stinging in the same way of heat, rot, but that scent of rot and decay, this sense memory, you still smell that somewhere on the wind here and now, you smell it. It lingers somewhere in the air. And you know that sense, you know that scent deep in your memory, deep in your gut. This is something wholly evil. We'll pick up there next time. Uh, oh what? my goodness. 